155 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Brothers, I am calling from the Valley of the Kings with nothing to atone. A dark march lies ahead, and together we will ride like thunder from the sky. May your sword stay wet like a young girl in her prime. <laughs> Hold your hammers high. Okay. Yeah. That's for Ant. I'm sure he recognizes that. But for those who don't, that is the song Hail and Kill by Man of War. <laughs> I've been in a... I refer to it as Dragon Metal. I'm sure there's another name for it. I'm sure somebody... But like, bands like Man of War... Man of War gets into like... It's, you know... Battles of... Between men. But like, other bands like, like Hammerfall. I was mm-hmm. listening to Hammerfall on my way here. I'm like, you know... That's all, like, Dungeons and Dragons, but to, like, heavy metal. Right, right. You know, like, sweet, like Swedish heavy metal with, like, a Dungeons and Dragons theme to it and shit. I, I, like, every once in a while, I just go down a rabbit hole of that shit. And I'm just like, oh, this is good stuff. <laughs> this gets the blood pumping. That's right. You know. But it's also, it's just, it's good fucking music. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I... It, it's it's a weird thing to say, like you know, but you know, outside of the fact that it's like these fantasy lyrics or like you know, you know, battles of like knights of King Arthur or you know barbarians or whatever, like you know, the musically as a as a metal fan, you go, shit, that's good, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. <clears throat> so how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. I'm trying to think of something I watched this week. <laughs> I watched Reacher. I, I was, that's on my list. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow before the Super Bowl. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it goes. Did you watch the two Tom Cruise movies? Yeah. Now I've, I I know they're based off of a series of books. And I've never read the books, mm. but I like the first Reacher movie. I mean, despite the fact that it's you know filmed in Pittsburgh and there's a lot of oh I know where that's at. Yeah, you know it's actually a pretty good movie. The second one's okay. It's not fantastic. Right. But I I, I preferred the first one over the second one. But like my understanding is like you know fans of the of the books are like you know yeah Tom Cruise is not you know. Reacher. He's not Jack Reacher. He's 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 way too fucking short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I had a lot of fans where like like liked it. And, you know, and the guy who's playing Jack Reacher is the guy from Titans, uh, who played Hawk. Yeah. You know. He's pretty good. Yeah. Like I, I saw I saw some trailers, I thought, well damn, this looks good. Hey, the dude's fucking massive. He is. I never a, realized how yeah, he's fucking a, massive this dude is. He's a big guy. He's I, I'm a specimen. Sure, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he did a little bit of extra training. Wait, wait to see him in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. I like the way he plays it. Yeah. You have to, you have to watch it. It's good. Yeah. I'm not going to give anything away because it's, it's a well done story. Yeah. Um, it's acted really well. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. I like it. 
kind of in that. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's not dissimilar, but like in the same vein of like how well done Jack Ryan was. Yeah, maybe better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that in that same vein. Yeah. Like I, I like movies. I, I mean, I like. I, I've read a couple of the, the Jack Ryan novels. I read Hunt for Red October. Or, yeah. Um, you know, so like I, I knew the character. I, I liked, all the ja- the 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 Jack Ryan movies. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and when they did the TV show. Yeah. Like I was like, ooh, you know, yeah. and especially with Krasinski playing, I was like, oh, that's a good choice. I like that. Yeah, and, it's good. I, yeah. I like. I think you kind of get into the character of him. Yeah. Like, how he acts. Yeah. How he thinks. How he talks. Yeah. How he thinks things out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it's, I'm gonna get the same from. From, from Reacher. That that's what I'm talking. Yeah. About. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's he does it very well. Yeah. He almost comes across as autistic sometimes. Yeah. Not autistic, but characteristics of it. I always thought... You don't have to see it to watch that, it because he's... That burgers are... so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, like where he doesn't have like emotion. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a hint of it. Yeah. I'm not okay. saying... I, I'm not trying to... Yeah. ...say anything about autism. I'm just no, saying like it I, has a touch of it like... Like I can't think of the name of that that Burger's disease or, I don't know. I can't remember. What is that? That, that that thing where like you have trouble. Yeah, you'll see. Understanding and expressing emo- emotion. Yeah, yeah. You'll like, see. Yeah, like it's we always say, like Sheldon from. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. He had that problem. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. So I binged the shit out of that. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, there's. Oh, I finished um, that Korean series. Okay. The zombie series. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, Can't remember the name of it. It's definitely not Kingdom, because that was a good series, too. No, I can't. I'm, I'm looking yeah. it up right now. So I finished that. Um, Jesus. <laughs> all of all of us are dead. Okay. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was just... I mean, it has its... North Korean, not North Korean. North South Korean. No, well, yeah, I'm just gonna say Korean. Yeah, it just has this, has some Korean jokes. Yeah, as they usually put in. You know, yeah. what I mean, there's always that guy. Um, but as a whole, I thought this was a really good series. Yeah, like I like Sweet Home. Was that what it was called? Yeah. Um. But that one I had to like really pay attention to. Yeah. Because it was in uh, captioned. Yeah. Um, this one, I think it was in captioned. I'm almost sure Sweet Home was. This is dubbed in English. Yeah. So I liked it even better. Yeah. Um, and, it, and the dub was pretty good. Um, 
it's just a good film. I mean, the zombie, uh, the way the zombies are fi- look in this not only are good, but it's very reminiscent of like 28 Days. They're fast. Um, you can see the disease spread. It's quick. Yeah. Quick to infect. You know, they're infected within like 10 minutes. They're infected. Yeah. Um, you actually see them infect, die, come back. And the way they come back. The way these fuckers move is like, I don't know if these people have to be contortionists Yeah, are doing this shit. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and you can yeah. hear the creaking. Yeah. I mean, like, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, like, as far as a zombie show goes, I don't know. It's pretty good. Now, I don't know if this is in the same vein... I don't know if this is in the same universe as Train to Basson. Um Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's very similar to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So good. And it, it's addicting. You yeah. know, it's about this outbreak that starts in this school. Right. This high school. And uh, it just goes fucking crazy yeah and so there's people that are living and it's you know trying to survive and in school you yeah know, like what do you have at your disposal and then like it's and the science is good behind it right so that makes it even better right you know it's explaining that i mean i'm, I'm not giving away too much but it explains how the virus starts small right at ground zero but the virus wants to spread. Right. So it... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you get the military involved, it's like, what do you do? How do you contain? Because you don't want all of fucking Korea... Yeah. ...to become infected. Right. So how do you contain something that just keeps spreading? Because when they're done, if there's nothing else to eat... Yeah. ...they need to spread right. in order to be able to spread right. the virus. That kind of science made yeah. a lot of sense to me. So... <clears throat> it's phenomenal. Um... Highly recommend it. It's up there with 28 Days. Just because it's like... Not the sequel. The first one. Yeah. Um, I like how fast-paced it was. Yeah. These kids are in situations and it has drama. Yeah. And some romance. Not much, but... Yeah. High school romance. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, man. <laughs> I can't I can't say enough about this series. I just, I just really like this series. Um... Yeah, so that I don't know if I mentioned the other week that I started eighteen eighty three. No, you said you were thinking about watching it. Yeah, I watched four episodes. I fucking love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's like it is like a cowboy movie, but they're not in the desert. Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, and there's water and plains and yeah, grass. Is that gonna be enough to make you watch Yellowstone? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, because. I know everyone, people at work are like, you should watch Yellowstone. I was like, eh, maybe. Yeah. But I like period pieces. So, yeah. I mean, like, it's the period piece aspect of it that that made me binge the shit out of four or five episodes. Yeah. You know? Um, I like that. Yeah. You know? And I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan. So. Yeah. That's the catcher for me. Right. I'm not really a big Costner fan. Right. So, 
you know. Yeah. It's not enough to uh, get me in there. Does that make sense? Yeah. But Sam Elliott, I am a fan of. Yeah. And he's, and anything this guy plays in, the ranch, roadhouse, anything this guy's in. Oh, yeah. When he speaks, you listen. Yeah. Even if it's the beef commercial. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You're buying beef. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, I just love Sam Elliott, so... Um, yeah, so I, I, I fucking love it. You know, Good. yeah, it's, you know, for Western style, I guess it is Western, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting it, that it's whole not migration. Te- it's not, it's not that Texas, Mexico, no. Western, you know, like the Southwest, it's more like the Midwest yeah, Western. Yeah. I, I like that whole process of, you know, um, them seeking land and taking people across country to, yeah, you know, cross rivers and yeah, uh, Native Americans and right, you know, because at that time period, yeah, yeah, everything was so uneasy and bandits and shit like that, right. It's such a horrible trail. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, I find it interesting. on, And the, and it's narrated by... Um, what's that country? Tim, is it Tim McGraw? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that dude had acting chops like that. Like, like that. I mean... I think he did something else, I want to say. This guy's pretty good. Well, he did the... Football movie. Yeah, Friday Night Lights. Well, he did. I thought he did. Uh, wasn't he the uh, the dad in uh, the guy that played for Baltimore? Oh, Sandra Bullock. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that movie. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I think he was in that, but I, I could have swore. I think his wife's in it too, right? You know. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in Friday Night Lights. He played, like, one of the players' dads. Uh-huh. And it was, like, one of those deals of, like, you know, I'm part of the last Perman team that won a championship. I've got one of these, and you never will. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have the balls to do what I did. You know, like, that type of dad. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, like, you know, like at the end of it, like, you know, it, 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 it's it, it was a good movie, like you know, but like he was very good in. It. I think that was like one of his first acting roles, yeah, yeah. and he was just playing this a complete dickhead of a dad who was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, you don't have the guts to do what I fucking did, yeah, yeah, you know. Well, in this, I mean, he plays. He's of course the main character, yeah. one of the main characters, and his wife. I think that's her, Faith Hill. Yeah, yeah, I'm, they, I'm pretty sure she's. And they have too, a daughter. Yeah, yeah. and. It's narrated by the daughter. Okay. Um, really good narration. It reminds me of River Runs Through It, sort of. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Yeah. And um, so he plays the dad. and But they also have flashbacks to the Civil War. And he's a former commander. You know what I mean? And so is Sam Elliott. Yeah. And now they're kind of doing that. Well, he's doing this. And yeah. Tim McGraw is trying to just get his family to... 
Oregon or something. Oregon or something like that. Yeah. And so that's the path they're taking, and it's yeah. just just really good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money invested in it, and it looks authentic. Yeah. You know, which I appreciate uh, from a period piece. Um, just, it's a really good show. Yeah. Yeah, so hats off to that show. I mean, I was going to start Yellowstone, but I was like, yeah, let's let's start from the beginning. I, I, yeah. I don't want to watch something in the future and then have to go back. Yeah. Um, I want to see what happens with these characters. And yeah. If I'm going to watch Yellowstone, I want to know who these characters are in relation to what I'm watching. Yeah. I'd rather watch it from the beginning. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Doesn't hold back either. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, tons of fucking yeah. blood. And, yeah. So well, before I get in the rabbit hole of what I've watched, mm-hmm. been a visit to our good friend Big Rig's barbecue today. Uh, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They had a special, it was like a Valentine's Day special. Mm-hmm. It was this, this pork shank. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wrote, um, smoked in a, in a cherry wood and then like slathered with uh, this, this cherry barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah. And it came with like a, a side of all gratin potatoes. All right. God. <laughs> was it good? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was big. I mean, it's a, when you're getting a, a, a shank, you're getting a big bone with that. So like, like he's telling me, he's like, it's like about two pounds, but like, you know, a lot of that's bone, yeah. You know? And um, but I, I, I feel like for two average people, it could probably serve rather easily. Uh huh. You know, um, maybe get an extra side or something. Right. You know, could, but overall, like, I felt like you know, this could have served two people. But you know, my fat ass, I was like, yeah, I'm fucking up one of those shanks myself. You know, um, fucking delicious. Really? Yeah. Oh, he always knocks down the park. Yeah, and it was nice. Like you know, he was there. We were having, a, we had a conversation. He was like, "I thought I'd see you a couple of times because I was serving the poutine." Mm. And I'm like, "Yeah, I just couldn't get up here for that." <laughs> you yeah. know, it drove me nuts knowing you were serving it. But um, yeah, still, yeah, good food, good people. He was getting ready for the uh, the Super Bowl onslaught tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, we're expecting a big day." <laughs> like I am sure. That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, I watched last week, I watched on, um, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. They had a, a documentary about Terry Bradshaw. I started it. Okay. I know what one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, going deep. I watched like 25 minutes of it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's interesting because he's like, he's like doing this concert. Where he's singing and I guess, you know, telling tales, you know, in Brantford, Missouri. Yeah. But there's also a lot of like, you know, him sitting backstage at this theater just talking about his career and stuff. And um, I, I found it very interesting. I, I'm not, I mean, he goes, he gets very interesting talking about his relationship with Noel. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's one of those, like, Terry Bradshaw is like one of the few people who like Pittsburgh loves and hates. Right. 
like we love Terry Bradshaw because he won four Super Bowls with the Steelers. Like, but we hate Terry Bradshaw because he has no relationship with the city or the team. Like, and I, I've heard like Pat McAfee has talked about like when he looks at this you know, from the outside looking at like it's a Steeler organization, it feels like a college, like a co- where like you have homecoming and all the greats show up. Right. You know. You have you have these you know the, the Hall of Fame like, you know more than any other team like probably because like so many of them just end up living in Pittsburgh like you know Mel Blunt will be at a random game Franco Harris will be at a random game not, not just like a like a, a homecoming type game or something like yeah, this they is just like come to the game. they just come to the game like you know you you just you see the all time greats just kind of show up for this stuff because they stay in the city and uh, he said you know it, more than any other team like you know the atmosphere. The fact that we've only had three coaches in fifty plus years, you know, it, it feels very much like a college atmosphere compared to any other team in the league. And it's like and the only player who has like this severed relationship, this complicated relationship with Pittsburgh and the Steelers is Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Like even we've even forgiven Rod Woodson. <laughs> like we've embraced Rod Woodson as a Steeler, despite the fact that he, he went won to fucking Baltimore. He was beside beside the fact that he went to Baltimore and won a Super Bowl. Like we like still embrace him as a as a, a longtime Steeler, you know. And other players that we just like, and they come back. Like Rod Woodson has no problem coming back and waving hands and kissing babies, you know. Like you know he he loves that shit, you know. So. It's this fun. Terry's come back a couple times, but not as much as the others. No, but he, but he even talks about like, I mean, and I get it. Like, I mean, like early in his career, like he was questioned. Yeah. You know, like, can he play fucking quarterback? Yeah. You know, and like it, it reminds me of like, oddly enough, like Cordell Stewart. Yeah. You know, like. You look at Cordell, especially his, his early career, when he, he became a full-time quarterback and stopped being Slash. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, he's too dumb to read defense. You know, he, he can't hit the broad side of a barn. You know, he, he, may, he may make stupid mistakes, this, that, and the next thing. And it was like the same thing with Bradshaw. Like, Bradshaw's early career. Like, Bradshaw didn't even start the majority of the games in 74 when he won the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Terry Gillum started the majority of the games. Yeah. You were not Terry Gillum, Joe Gillum. Mm-hmm. I think Hanratty started a few. Terry Gillum. Yeah, Terry Gillum. Uh, Terry, but I don't get the name, because you get Joe Gillum <laughs> and Terry Hanratty. Mm. I, I think Terry Hanratty started one or two games as well. What was that movie called? Time Bandits, Terry Gillum. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so like. that movie. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. You talk about movies that could not be made today. Nah. Time Bandits is one of those movies. Nah. But, uh, so it was, like, interesting, like, to, like, see, like, him talk about his relationship with the city and, how, like, you know, what he thinks, which is, yeah, you know, it's all that high. Yeah. You know, but yet he, he still, like, is, like, you know, well, I'm a, I'm a proud stealer, but yet, like, you, and I get it, like, you know, like, you, you, you're doing shit, you're, you're, you know, you're doing, you have your commitments with Fox. He's but, also a southern boy, too. Yeah. From farm country. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's a very interesting. It's different. It's a very interesting and very complex relationship that trying to hear him try to describe it, especially with Noel, who again, like, 
other than Terry Bradshaw, I've heard nothing but like people like just like yeah, Chuck Noll was fucking amazing. Yeah, you know, he, he wasn't your going to be your dad. He wasn't going to put an arm around you and say good job. You know, he reminds me of uh, Noel. Always reminded me of um, what do you call it? Um, Belichick. Yeah, he reminds me of Belichick. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. just kind of, you know, and like even like, you know, Noel would talk about like you know, well yeah, you're, you're retired from pro football to go on to do your life's work. Yeah, like, like this wasn't your life's work, especially like back then when you know you, you were making Nothing. fifty grand a year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. You know, you you were an all pro. You were making you know seventy five grand a year. You were. You're flying high, yeah, you know, yeah. but um, so it was like it was true in a way, like you know, it, it, yeah, you, you played football, you played the child's game, you got paid for it. Now it's time to go and do your life's work, yeah, you know, and so he like Sol- Noel didn't have that sentimentality of like you know, hey, thank you for you know sacrificing your body so we could win four championships in six years. That was none of that. Right. You know, it, it was like a handshake and I'll, you know, well, time for you to go. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, it, I think it's very interesting, like, everything that goes into it with, with Bradshaw. And I thought, they, I just thought it was interesting to hear his insights into it. Yeah. Even all these years later, he just, he sounds bitter. Yeah. And like, I get it. And, and another way I don't because like if you showed up this city would just go nuts for you yeah but you know he doesn't want it yeah and there's something there that's yeah something with the organization yeah oh yeah I'm sure yeah. like I mean it, it, as a whole like he's like I mean, even like like went out of his way to like praise Roethlisberger at the end, like you know, with his retirement and everything. Like, and I, I kind of think to myself, like, eh, do we really want that from Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I would have felt better if it was Mark Malone. Oh come on! Where's David Woodley giving his praise? He's a former Steeler quarterback. Well, I think because he's a <clears throat> analyst. Yeah. It's popular. Yeah. You know. But also, like, I, I often, like, it's that funny thing of, like, I, I look at Terry Bradshaw, and I look at a lot of, like, I'm going like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm to Terry Bradshaw with a lot of older guys okay. who are still, like, doing, like, commentating and stuff. Mm-hmm. And guys who have been away from the game 20-plus years, mm. how much analysis can you have? Because the game has evolved and changed. Right. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, I, like, people bag on Chris Collinsworth because he's, like, you know, anti-Steeler. I, I, I don't think he's anti-Steeler. You know, I, you know, I don't think he, has, he likes the Steelers. Uh, we know that. Yeah, I mean, he was a Bengal. You know, but I think at the same time, I think he tries very hard to be impartial with Steeler games. I don't know. I do. Like I, I don't know. I don't mind. He may start like that. Yeah. 
But listen to that motherfucker go through the game. If, I can't stand him. If it's a game where the Steelers are getting beat, you hear a little joy in his voice. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I, I get that. But at the same time, like, I, I don't feel like... He, he's, to me, he's never gone out of his way to, like, diss the Steelers, which he could. You know what I mean? Like, I, I occasionally he'll, like, he'll, like, he'll, he'll make a comment, and I don't want to see it's a legitimate comment, but it's a comment he shouldn't have made, if that makes sense. He does that a lot during Steelers. Yeah. I just, I get to a point where I just want to hear him shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, he jumps on that other team's bandwagon so fucking quick. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, like, instant. Like, especially like when it was, like, Steelers-Ravens. As soon as the game changes just in the other team's favor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's fucking giving them a hand job. Yeah. No, seriously. Oh, I, mean, I know. I get what you're saying. I mean, I mean, it's awful. Yeah. But, like, but also, like, I watched, like, a thing about him. Like, you know, it was, like, a, a football life, I think, on NFL Network. Uh-huh. Like, the, like, the amount of film study he does... He puts in as much film study as like some coaching staffs yeah. on these games. And it was kind of amazing to like see like his process of like getting ready for a game so that he can be knowledgeable. And I like question like how much film is Terry Bradshaw watching a week? None. None. He's a personality though. He's a personality. So like how much can I take from Terry Bradshaw and say like, well, he's knowledgeable in what he's saying. Yeah. He really isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's been out of the game for 40 years. What about Cower? Well, I, 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 Cower's been out of the game for 15 years right. at this point. I, I, I think... I, that's the thing. Like, like I, I don't think Cower is much. Because I'll bet he probably watches a good bit of film still. Mm. Like, just because that's the kind of guy he is. But I also think, like, he's reached a point in his life where he's kind of like, yeah, I, I got this rock star girlfriend, wife uh, now, and I'm living the good life in New York, and, uh, yeah, I'll keep up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I feel like there, there are guys. <sighs> I think, I think that, um, I'm surprised Cower has lasted this long as a fucking announcer. I didn't think he'd be able to do it. I, I'm I'm surprised he's lasted this long without going back to coaching. Yeah. Like and, and at this point, I don't think he will go back to coaching. Like I like for years it was always like, well, there are six jobs available and all six of them want to talk to Bill Cowher. Right. You know? And you know, and you never heard anything go past that. Like, and it's like, I, I just, I, I feel like Bill Cowher has reached a point in his life where it's like, man, do I want to go back to that grind? Right. No, I hear you. I just didn't think, I mean, like when we first saw him on air. Yeah. Or at least I did. I was like, ooh, one of these kids is doing his own thing. Yeah. He's tired. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just looks so odd. And he sounded weird too. Yeah. When he first started. But now you can see where he's gotten comfortable with it. Oh, yeah. Very comfortable. But in yeah. the beginning, he was like... Yeah. Like, reading know. a teleprompter was hard for him. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it was like, wow, this guy doesn't fit here. No. This guy, like, you got to see that chin on the field, not on the yeah. fucking... You know? 
And he did. He fucking melded well. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Because I think Cower was a good coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I thought I mean, you talk about expressionism in the game. His yeah. expressions and shit like that in the game. I mean, he was fucking he would get wild. I mean But I mean the, that just shows his passion for yeah. the game. I mean the game he, he jammed that that picture, that, that Polaroid picture in the referee's pocket at halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's embarrassed by that now, he says. But, like, back then, I was like, fucking tell him, Bill. I, I, you got, <laughs> you would get pumped up watching the game just by watching fucking Cower. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would fucking take players and pull them in and be like, did you ever fucking do that again? Yeah. And fucking let them go. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, in the same respect, you know. Six plays later, he's fucking patting him on the ass and yeah. saying, all right, good job. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, Kissing Cordell on the cheek. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, he he forgave. Yeah. But he's he, he was the type, he was, he was so, um, it's the word, um, reactive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I just felt like Coward was a pretty good coach, man. Felt like you wanted to play for him. Oh, even yeah. at home. Yeah. I want to fucking go to war with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I can barely throw a football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do whatever that dude says. Yes. I, I, I will try to block Ray Lewis for you. Yes. I will do it, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's motivational. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Tomlin's different. You know, a different way of communicating, I guess. More eye-rolling. I don't know. I, I think Tom, Tomlin's biggest fault, in my opinion, is, and and I think it's starting to wane a little bit because, but because he was so young, initially, like he was too close to the players. Yeah. Like you know, he was bebopping to the music. He was doing like it was like he was, he was right there with the players because like you know. He was 32, I think, or 33, you know, and the average age on the, the roster was, you know, 29 or something. So, like, he was right there in that same generation. And I think as he's gotten older, that's kind of waned a little bit. I think he still keeps up. But, like, I don't think he's, like, as tight with his players as he used to be. Yeah. I agree. You know. Yeah, I agree. That's one of those weird things of like being a young coach like that. But at the same time, like I, I like I always love those these people who are like, yeah, oh you gotta fire fire Tomlin. Well, first off, go ahead and fire him and watch how fast he's picked up by anybody. Right. Even if you have a decent coach, you'd fire him to fire Mike Tomlin. Right. You know, um, and, and, you know, and in the same breath, my question is always like, well, who, who you replaced them with? Running, like, running backs coach. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, like who, who honestly are you pulling out to replace Mike Tomlin? Right, right. Like, you, you want to go with one of these, these young, brash, offensive guys who, who like, have like a three day growth, like they think they're fucking Indiana Jones and, and the the product in their hair, right? You know, no, that's not Steeler football, right? Right. You know, it's it's Mike Tomlin. Yeah. 
like tall with a scruffy beard and you know he he shows up and does his shit gets the job done i mean you know we haven't won a super bowl in a while we haven't been to a super bowl in a while but you know what i mean like you just don't fire a guy just because like you know yeah we could probably do better can you yeah can you really <laughs> you know I don't think so. Yeah, we need to be worried about a quarterback than we need to be doing anything else. I think there are other pieces. offensive line. Yeah, I, I think there are other. Like, I'm hearing all this talk about, like, in the draft, like, oh, you got to trade up and get Kenny Pinkett. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, no. Stay stay where you're at and, and, and build. Build this line. Build, yeah. You know, you go with Mason Rudolph for a year, maybe two. Maybe you'll end up in a position where you can go get a good, a decent quarterback. But, like, I wouldn't go, like, I hear, like, oh, you got to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, no. Yeah. He's just a fancy Mason Rudolph. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, like, you know what? Like, I, like, a guy like that, like, I, I don't want. And I wouldn't want to trade away assets to get him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you yeah. need to worry about that offensive yeah, you go, oh, you, you signed Marcus Mariota. You know, nah, I don't think. I just stick with what you got. Like, yeah. and trust me, like, I'm not going to tell you that M- Mason Rudolph is the savior of this football team. Mm, no. No, neither is Dewey Haskins. No. But at the same time, I, you got to build the other pieces around that and then go get your quarterback. Right. You know, I am not a fan of drafting that quarterback and then feeding them to the Lions. Well, also, too, is if you don't get that offensive line repaired, you're feeding fucking Najee Harris to the Lions yeah. every fucking week. You're not going to have a running back in three yeah. years when you get a quarterback. Yeah. If you keep doing what you're doing. Right. You know what I mean? No, you're right. And he, you're absolutely right. And they also need a good, a big-time uh, third-down back or fullback to come in to split loads with this guy. You know what I yeah. mean? With experience. Yeah. A little bit of teaching there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And But we'll see if that ever happens. Yeah. But. Guy can block. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, he knows. That's just the armchair quarterback here. Yeah. So, while we're on the subject of football, you know, we do have tomorrow is the, uh, the big, the big Super Bowl. Yeah. The hapless. Not quite sure how they made it this far. Bengals <laughs> against the L.A. Rams. Right. What What are your What are your thoughts on the game? Like, what do you have you have a prediction on how you think it's going to go? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, it's hard for me to cheer for the Bengals. Oh no, I'm not. I can't. Impossible. I <laughs> know. You know, these, there's tons of people cheering for the Bengals. I'm like, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's hard for me to do, <laughs> even though it is hard to do. You know what I mean? Well, like, I always hear, like, the thing that, like, a, a couple people told me have been like, oh, well, you know, Tyler Boyd, he's a Clareton boy. I'm like, yeah. And uh, when he played for Clareton, he buried SA four straight years. <laughs> so, no, I'm not rooting for Tyler Boyd. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll root for Aaron Donald. 
local boy who also went to Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I just I can't. That like there is nothing in my fiber in my. It's like it's the same like when the Ravens went to the Super Bowl. Like I, I could not root for the Ravens. Like you know, I mean, they could be playing Nazis, and I'd be rooting for Nazis. <laughs> you know, like, it'd yeah. be the one time I'd be like, you know, Hail Hitler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like. like I, I can't do it. Like, I can't root for the Ravens. I can't root for the Browns. I can't root for the Bengals. All right. You know, and, like, my my, my, my hope, my hope is, like, like this burns to the ground for them. Like, this is, like, their shining moment. And, like, you know, Joe Burrow, like, gets destroyed in this game to the point, like, like the next time he takes a snap next season, he just has PTSD from all the hits he took from Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. Yeah. Like and he can never throw a pass and in, in, in anger again. Like it's just like that's my hope is like they, they just just decimate this Bengal team to like back to the Stone Age and they start all over again being the hapless bungles. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, so I don't have any predictions. Yeah. Right. I it's like me rooting for Penn State, West Virginia, or Notre Dame. I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. There's one time in my life I've rooted for Penn State. One time and one time only. And that was in 84 against Miami. Yeah. When they went down to Tempe for that the, the, the Fiesta Bowl. And, like, it was like I hated Miami so much that year. And I don't know why. Like, it was like, I guess it was like that, that, that Miami swag and everything. Like, I was just like... Fuck it. I'll root for Paterno one time. Yeah. You know? And I felt dirty. <laughs> like, I really felt dirty doing that. And so because I don't hate the Rams like I hated the, the Miami that year, I have to, you know, root for the Rams because it would just soil me. Like, I, 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 would, I, I would feel like I soiled myself if I rooted for the Bengals. <laughs> I know. I, I know. And in theory, you should be, you know, rooting for your division, but like, it's it's hard for me to do. You it is. I mean? I, oh, I, I I can't do it. I hate all three of those teams. I hate them with a passion, a burning hot passion. Yeah. Like all three of them go fuck themselves. Yeah. You know. And number one at that list is Baltimore. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Baltimore's high on that list. Just because of who they used to be. <laughs> well, it's not even who they, it's who they are now. Well, I know. You know. But I mean. Like, in all honesty, like, like yeah, I mean, yeah, that, 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 that burning hatred moved because they were the original Browns. Yeah. But it got worse because, like, they had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and fucking, um. Oh, the worst. Yeah, I mean. What's his name? Uh, that specimen. T-Sizzle. What was his name? Um. No, I can't remember. Huge. Yeah. Haloti Nada in the middle. Keep going. But I mean, like, they had all those guys that you just, lo- like, hated. Oh. Hated with a passion. And, like, those games were so physical and so nasty. Like, it was like like throwback football. Like, and even the referees, like, let shit go. <laughs> you know, like, like, it was like, man, that was clearly past interference, but, you know, we're calling it like it's 1974. Right. So. We're gonna let it go, <laughs> you know. Right, right. It was shit like that where you're like, "Oh man, okay, this is where we're at." Terrell Suggs. Yeah, Terrell Suggs. God, kidding me. That dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God, was he a beast? 
But the worst part was about Terrell Suggs, I wish he was a Steeler. Oh, my God. If he was a Steeler, oh, he would have been my favorite player. Yeah. But because he, he wore purple, the guy could go fuck himself. He was a phenomenal. Oh, he was a, one of the best I've ever seen. Wish he was a Steeler. Yeah. You have <laughs> to admit that. Oh, yeah. Ray Lewis was good, too, but I, I think Suggs is better than Ray Lewis. Yeah, I think Ray Lewis is overrated. Yeah. Agreed. Like, like, because, like, to me, like, it was, like, if you, if you watched a Ravens They game, always put him in that category of LT. Like, the way they talked about him and shit. Yeah. But he wasn't. No. He wasn't in that category. Like, because, like, the reason he got overrated, I always thought, was, like, tackles are, like, they're not a, a, an official stat kept by the NFL. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's a stat that's kept, but it's kept by the home, like, you know, you, it's kept by the team. Yeah. So, like, you, you'd see, like, well, there's, there's a run to the right, and, uh, you know, that, that's brought down by Ed Reed, so-and-so. And, you like, like, it just show up. Like, Lewis would just show up, and, like, and Ray Lewis. Like, everything. Like, he just had to, like, be in the general vicinity and he got credited with a tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So, it was, like, one of those things where it's like, his stats were overblown. I mean, he made big plays from time to time, but I, I can also remember times where, like, you know, he just didn't show up. Yeah. Particularly against the Steelers. Right, right. You know? And then he'd boo-hoo about it in the locker room. Suggs wouldn't. No. Oh, no. Suggs would Suggs played every fucking down. Yeah. Like, I don't think there was... I don't think we've played anybody that scared me more <laughs> than fucking Suggs. Like, I was always like, watching for him. Yeah. Like, Ray Lewis was a guy who, like, you know, he did the dance, and he gathered you around, and he'd, he'd, he'd shout, and he'd scream, and he'd tell you about what we're going to do. Terrell Suggs was a guy who went out there and followed orders and got shit done. Yeah. And he broke fucking Ben's nose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that that was it. He, and, I mean, clean. Like, I, I, I'm about to say, like, he was dirty by any stretch of the imagination, but he was just a beast of a player that had my utmost respect, and I hated him with my guts. yeah. You know, because he was that fucking good. Damn, was he good? Yeah. Oh my god, was that guy good? He scared the shit out of me every time we fucking played him. Oh yeah. Like, where's Suggs? Yeah. Where is he on the field? You guys know where he's at at all times. You know, it's funny. I was watching some. I went down that rabbit hole, football rabbit hole, Steelers, and it started off with the you know Ben's greatest throws. You know, how yeah. you get on those fucking. Things. Oh yeah. Well, then it came up to a Palomalo thing. I was like, man, was that guy good? Oh. I mean, sick. A freak athlete that you'll never see again. Never. Not like that. Not like that. I've never seen anybody do, <clears throat> do anything no. like that. And I think he needs ranked more than what he is yeah. of all time. Because nobody can do that. I mean, there's right. like, I mean, I'm not just talking about jumping over the line. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's done that multiple times. I'm not even talking about him jumping over the line to make plays. Yeah. I'm talking about his hand, his, the dude had hands. Yeah. And like really good hands. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Probably could have played offense. Probably. Yeah. But like, what's amazing, like the thing that always amazes me, like he was the only safety I've ever seen that played three yards from the line of scrimmage it would make plays 25 yards down the field. Yeah. Crazy. And he did that regularly. Yeah. 
Like, he was knocking a ball away from a guy 25 yards on the field, and if you watch the play begin, he was he was right there next to the defensive line. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I know. You know. Like, talking about speed. Yeah. Like, it, it, it and then, <laughs> on top of everything else, he would take your, your head off in the blink of an eye. Yeah. He was one of the hardest-hitting safeties. He's one of the fastest safeties. Oh, I used to love when he used to take people's legs out. Yeah. Like, he, he was a, like, he was the most all-around complete athlete I've ever seen at that position. Like, and people will talk about Ed Reed, and they'll talk about Steve Atwater, and they'll talk about, um, the guy from Baltimore, his name's eluding me right now. But to me, like, you know, Troy Polamalu is quite possibly the best safety I've ever, I've ever watched. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, I mean, and that's, I, I mean, you know, for years it's been Ronnie Lott. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Lott was the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Paul Amal is... And that guy from, um, what's his name from uh, the Patriots? I don't know. Uh, you'd know if I said it. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, he has to be... Dear Lord, man. Yeah. The shit that that guy can do. Oh, yeah. And just him hitting. God, man, he brutalized it. His hits were so fucking hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I yeah. mean, I've seen some pretty rough hits, but not like consecutively as much as Paul Mahler. Yeah. He was going to take you out. If he had the hit on you, he was taking you out. Do you know what I mean? Did you ever see the hit he had at USC that like labeled him as a dirty player? Nah. Well, I probably did. But... It, it, it was a punt. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> The ball wasn't anywhere near being caught yet, and he just came flying down Can the field. Can you imagine him coming down 50 miles an hour? Yeah, like 100 miles an hour, and the, the, the punter turns, he's still looking up, and Paul Amalu just clocked him. Just like ran right the fuck through him. Really? Like at 100 miles an hour. Like the That's guy awesome. never even saw the hit. Like I thought he was dead. <laughs> I legitimately thought he was dead, you know, at that yeah. point. And it was just like... <laughs> and, and the ball like still hadn't come down. <laughs> like, you're like, holy hell! Like, how fast did he get there? Like, it, it hits in the spot where the guy was. <laughs> right. When you realize his speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I, I loved when I, when I like watching Troy play. I mean, I like the over the line stuff, but I waited for those hits, and I especially waited for those hits where he take their legs out. Yeah. It was unbelievable to me. Yeah. Like, he would completely fucking flip them upside down. Yeah. He would just take their whole lower body. Yeah. Gone. Just run through it. Run through it. Yeah. Like, can you imagine getting hit like that? No. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, running backs or, you know, they're powerful. I mean, like, or tight ends or receivers. Yeah. I mean, they're powerful. I mean, they have, I mean, they built themselves up to this level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they can take that hit, but whoo <laughs> When you get a missile, yeah, coming into your fucking lower body like that, that's yeah. gotta hurt, man. It's gotta. I mean, and just his straight up, just his straight up tackling was was pretty good. I mean, like, yeah, just rough. He was a wild man on the return, though. Oh yeah, if he got that interception. Oh yeah, but his hands, his hands were so fucking good. I mean, he was catching balls that receivers should have been catching. There was that one, and they they called it incomplete. And oh, that was complete. Yeah, 
the one against San Diego. That was most definitely. Cool. Yeah, like where he like scooped it up. Yep. Like, I, oh yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. How, but how many times has he done that? Yeah. And it was complete. Yeah. And continued to do that. Yeah. It, and it was complete. And that ball was complete. Yeah. I can, I'm, this wasn't an immaculate reception or anything. There's yeah. no discussion. I remember the play. Yeah. I mean, he had that ball. And he was in the air. Like, his, he was vertical to the ground. Right. And in the air, and like, like had his hand right. on the ground uh-huh. when the ball came down. Like, it was, like, ridiculous. He, his, his ability to catch and his awareness of where the ball was. Yeah. Was like a sixth sense. Yeah, it's true. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Steeler fan, but I am in a sense because I watched I watched him for so long. Yeah, that I mean, just look at all of his other interceptions. Yeah, you know all those low to the ground interceptions yeah. that he got. Not to mention all the phenomenal catches he would just pull out of the air. Yeah, I mean the dude had hand I mean, like I mean, and the one he against, had better hands than a lot of receivers have. And the one against like the 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 Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Like salt that game away. Yeah, I mean, that was a ridiculous return. Yeah, you know, one of my favorites is when <laughs> he intercepted one against Cincinnati. I think it was his rookie season, and I think it was Carson Palmer's rookie season, and they were roommates at USC. Uh-huh. And Paul Mall is coming down the field, and like the last person left is is Palmer. <laughs> Paul Wall just lowered his shoulder and ran right through me to the end zone. Really? Yeah. Like, Carson Paul was like, I thought we were friends. I guess not. I was like, yeah, I want you in front of me and get to the end zone. Right. <laughs> you know? If I'm going to get to the end zone, we're yeah. not friends. <clears throat> Brutal. Yeah. On the field, he just became this freaking monster. You know? Yeah. But once he got off that field, he was supposedly one of the nicest guys on earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... Like, you would join a cult to be with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's that yeah. down to earth and like... Yeah. Always soft-spoken, of course. But yeah. I mean, like, you know, loves his family. Yeah, you want to talk, you're like, oh, I just want to thank, first off, God for giving me my God ability to kill people. <laughs> and I want to thank my family for letting me have the time to do this. And, you know, and you're just like, What? Who is this man? Yeah, where did this guy come? And then, you know, you know, you know, he goes on the field and becomes like the fucking Tasmanian devil. Oh. I, I agree. Yeah. He's just this specimen. Like, like there's the a hair. there's a switch. Like, I mean, I know there's a switch. Like, everybody has a switch. Like, right. Like, I mean, you know, I'm gonna get the the old Ed Bundy, um, Al Bundy gift for this. I mean, I had a switch when I played football. Like, you know, I'd go from like, you know. Like, right before the game, I hit that switch because it's time to turn it on. Yeah. You know, but, like, his switch was, like, monstrous. Like, you know, <laughs> right. how do you go from, like, being, like, mild-mannered Clark Kent to fucking the Joker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every tackle he made, a volcano erupted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, holy fuck. Yeah. He was nuts. He was. Man, was he a good player. He might have been one of them. He might have wanted been a, he might have been one of the greatest Steelers to ever play here. Oh yeah, I mean he's got to be in the top. I mean that's not hyperbole. Like I mean that's he he is legit. Like I've been watching football for forty plus years. He I can honestly say he's one of the greatest players I've ever watched take the field. Yeah, we were lucky. Yeah, I mean I feel lucky that I got to watch Paul Mo play. Yeah, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's that fucking good. Yeah. And you just waited for him. Yeah. Like, talk about, like, a weapon to have in your backfield. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Not only just for blitzes. I mean, you know what I mean? But, I mean, he could pick up a blitz if he wanted to. Having him back in the secondary. Not knowing where he's at. I mean, it's just constant confusion for their defense. Because they got to worry about that guy. But not only that, but, like, it, 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 it makes you appreciate like a player like Ryan Clark even more. Yeah. Because Ryan Clark was like, half the time, I didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah. But I had to make sure I covered, you know, in case he fucked up, which wasn't often, but I had to make sure I was there to cover up just in case. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was usually right in what he, but like, I had no idea. Yeah. There was no communication. Because yeah. I didn't know, you know, he, he was playing off of instinct. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and so, I mean, he'd get back if he needed to, but, like, you know, how the fuck do you, like, cover for a guy or know what a guy's doing when he's, like, three yards from the line of scrimmage and I'm ten yards back? Right, right. Like, there's no communication there. You know, but, yeah. you know, but I knew how to play it. Yeah. And, you know, trust that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's go. Holy shit. Yeah. So... Um, we we were talking about. No, I want to get into it. The uh, the book of Boba Fett, yeah. uh, wrapped up this week. We haven't talked about it that much, so I guess we we talk about it as a series as a whole. So spoilers if you haven't finished it. But um, I, I what, what did you think overall of the series? I liked the series. Yeah, it, it wasn't like. I don't know. I liked it. I gave some background to him after Sarlacc. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I, I liked. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I I like the storyline, too. I get the spice running. And I, yeah. You know, that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that was always in the background in Star Wars. Yeah. The spice runners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so now that you're seeing it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I like that. Um, and as a series, I liked it. I, I like how Fett, I like his, that whole thing with the sand people too. Um, or Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, um, but I also liked uh, how he tried to build up. He needed some muscle, and he, he got these people that would give him muscle. Yeah. You know what I mean? The only thing I didn't like... Uh, <laughs> I know I'm going to be the odd man out on this one, right? Mm-hmm. But I actually don't like that... The child is back. Okay. So, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I loved Grogu. I mean, I love him yeah. to, to pieces. I like him in. I liked him in that man, the Mandalorian episode, which was in within Boba Fett. Right. Um. And I liked him throughout. 
so far. But the end, uh, I didn't like the fact that he was actually there. I liked the fact that he popped up in that little cockpit thing. Yeah. No, I thought that was cool. Yeah. But I don't really want the Mandalorian. I wanted to see another story of the Mandalorians. And I know that seems weird. No, I get what you're saying. I don't want Grogu the sidekick. Right. I want to see a new Mandalorian in some other situation. Because that's what it is. It's all situational. Right. And now he's, you know... Um can't go down the path of Mandalorian. Can't even consider himself Mandalorian anymore until he redeems him. Well, okay. You know what I mean? So this is where it gets weird. Okay? Because like, in many ways so let me first say, like, I I thought the Book of Boba Fett the whole, the series as a whole was very good. I just, I didn't think, like, I wish the Mandalorian wasn't a part of it. Okay. Like, I liked those episodes. Like, those two episodes that, like, focused on, like, him, and then, you know, the whole thing with, uh... Ahsoka. Yeah, like, Ahsoka, and, I mean, you know, that was... Fantastic and Luke, like I, 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 that was all great. I just I wish that had been part of the Mandalorian and not the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But that's. I also get why they did it, but at the same time, like I, I wish they hadn't. I think they did it because I don't think Boba Fett could stand alone. To be quite honest, with right. You. I mean, I thought the series was good, but I don't think it was that good. Um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think they needed that boost, right? To say, hey, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, we I need get a why season they, two. I get why they did it, right? But at the same time, I like I w- kind of wish they hadn't. I wish they had found a way to make Boba Fett right. work as a standalone. I don't think that Boba Fett is a character that. gravitate to Mando is more of a even though he's monotone you still gravitate toward him right Bubba Fett you don't really gravitate toward do you know what I mean but I don't you, know if it's because of the actor but you did yeah you know what I mean like I mean for years it was oh yeah you did you know Boba Fett yeah. Boba Fett's the baddest motherfucker in the galaxy. But I don't... But he went out like a bitch. But I don't think that's translated into this series. Right. From fans. Does that make sense? Right. And I think that's part of what the fans' complaint is. Yeah. I think when you were think What people were thinking they were going to get... When you take Boba Fett... When you take Fennec Shan... When you put them in this... You know... The under... The under... Underworld of the Star Wars universe and you throw in Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. I think people were expecting something much more violent. Yeah. I they were expecting the Mariachi correct in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sorry like I, I Disney's not going to let you have that. Yeah. 
you know, like I, I, I thought pe- people were like pissed at the at the the finale of the the the, the series because they were expecting it to be more violent. Well, I mean, I don't know. Having two Gamorrean guards thrown off of a cliff, like that's about as violent as you're gonna get from Star Wars, right? right. Like you're, you know, it, it it was very Robert Rodriguez in my opinion, but it was Robert Rodriguez toned down by Disney, right? Right. Which I understand why they do what they do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have you you can't have El Mariachi. You, no, you, yeah, you, you know you you can't have you know the um you know the, those movies those Robert Rodriguez movies that you like they're just blood and gore and yeah, yeah. you know just people shooting shit up i mean you can't do it in a disney world yeah. i think he i think he did as good of a job as he could but yet i also get where people were saying like man i was expecting something much much more violent right right you know I like you're you're talking about like with Mando, is he really a Mandalorian? Well, I mean he's Mandalorian. He's Mandal. He, he, I'm not saying that he's not right, but like. But he's kind of out of the. Uh, but he's out the, of the circle, I guess. He's out of the cult. Yeah. Because as we've learned, and I already knew, like I was more confused by them wearing their helmets all the time. That I bit first until I figured it out that, you know, that's not Mandalorians, but he's part of a cult of Mandalorians from the Night Watch. Okay. You know, and so their belief system, like when she, when the armor's like talking to him and he, he's talking about the dark saber and he's asking about Bo-Katan and she's like, you know, yeah, Bo-Katan's the reason we, we, we're, we're like this because she didn't win the dark saber in combat. Well, she didn't. Sabine Wren, her niece, gave her the Darksaber. Yeah. Because Sabine felt Bo-Katan was the one who should rule Mandalore. Yeah. You know, but because the tradition of it is it has to be one in combat, and Bo-Katan's buying into that now because when at the end of season two of the, Man- of the Mandalorian, he's like, well, just fucking take it. She's like, I can't. Because she's already done that once, and... That led to the night of a thousand tears. Yeah, you know, like the, the, there's this this like this history, and part of it is like it's not Bo-Katan's fault that she took the the the, the dark saber. You know, it's the Empire coming down and raining havoc. Yeah, yeah. You know, how do you fight the Empire? I don't care how badass your planet is. The Empire brings its might down on you. You're gonna get fucked up. Yeah, they brought you know, everything. Yeah, because. Palpatine knew what he was getting into when he took on Mandalore. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I ain't fucking around. <laughs> I'm gonna lay waste to them if they're not because because Mandalore was neutral. Like in the Clone Wars, Mandalore was neutral. Yeah. You know, and even when Maul ruled Mandalore, they remained neutral. Like he wasn't he wasn't siding with Palpatine, and that pissed off Palpatine. Yeah. You know, so like it's it's one of those things like you know if they're gonna if you're gonna remain neutral if you're not gonna join that the empire we're just gonna fucking wipe you out yeah, yeah. and that's what he did hmm. you know so like the armor like to me to like lay judgment on on the Mandalorian and say like 
yeah, you're no longer one of us. Like, I'm kind of like, yeah, kind of, kind of, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, some of these traditions I get, but man, like you, 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 you are, a, you're a cult. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. And he's probably going to be better. Like, and I think part of what is going to be his journey now is kind of trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong for him. Or kind of who he is. Yeah. Like, like it was funny. Like, you had that moment between him and Boba Fett where, Bo, you know, he's like, I'm, I, I made you a promise. I'm going to stay. And he's like, you believe that shit? And he's like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, I'm glad you do. I wasn't getting my ass handed to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there is like, but he's so there's like an honor system that he can have, but at the same time, like it can he can be it can be his yeah versus a cult yeah re, versus a religion right where like you know the showing of your face isn't something that's like a dishonor and yeah you know like at the end of the day like I mean. I, I, I think, like, part of, like, Groku coming back, and like, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that, like, Skywalker makes him make the decision, gives him the ultimatum, which, by the way, very Sith-like. What's that? <laughs> like, yeah, she's one or the other. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the funny thing is, like, you, you saw this, and it's, like, part of what, like, you go all the way back to, to The Last Jedi, and, like, what was the problem with the Jedi Order? Well, part of the problem with the Jedi Order was you couldn't have, re- like, a relationship. Right. Like, you, you can't have commitments. Right. You know, you can't have somebody you're attached to like that. And that's what he's telling Groku. Gro- and he's telling Groku, like, you know, you, you, you can be with the Mandalorian and have his armor, or you can have my dead master Yoda's lightsaber, which I've been holding on to for sentimental reasons. Yeah, yeah, you know, so which will be my friend? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, only the Sith deals with absolutes, right? You know, yeah, yeah. ask Ben. <laughs> right. You know, Obi Wan will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like right then and there you see the first mistake Luke is making by holding on to the the, the dogma of the Jedi, much like Mando holds on to the dogma of. of- the okay. children of the watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this this cult that he was raised in essentially. And so at some point, like Groku, I feel is gonna be the bridge for Mando to leave these ways and find his own. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why he has to be there. But I love that he just fat like he's like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> this shit ain't for me. I'm going back with, with with Daddy Mando. Yeah. Someone holds up 15 toes and doesn't give me one. Yeah. Like, fuck yourself. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Oh, fuck, man. Give me that dark saber. <laughs> yeah. I'll rule Mandalore, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like that. Now, I mean, I think what's going to be interesting is, so you have this force-sensitive creature or person in Groku... Who doesn't like he's got training, but like he's not fully trained. Right. Like what is his future hold? Yeah, I don't know. You know, because Ahsoka, you know, it's the funny thing of like Ahsoka is she's not a Jedi. But she's fully trained, right? But she she's basically fully trained, yeah. Mm. 
Like, she was Anakin's apprentice. And... The run in the family moment was a good... That yeah. whole... Yeah, I'm a friend of the family. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. But, like... So, she was Anakin's apprentice back in the day. And, you know, she was framed for a bombing. That she, you know... And the Jedi Order, like, turned their back on her. Like, yeah, you're fucking guilty. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not. You know me. You know I wouldn't do this. Yeah. You know, but they, uh, the evidence was mounted against her until she proved herself, you know, innocent. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, you know, they're like, well, well, we'll reinstate you. And she's like, nah, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you turned your back on me. Right, right. You know, you said I, you, you, you said my, my, my character didn't meet your criteria because you thought I did something I didn't do. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And Anakin chases after her. Mm. He's like, look, don't do this. Don't, don't turn your back on the Jedi. I know it sucks, because trust me, I think about quitting all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got shit going on that, you know, you probably know. I'm not that good at hiding this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fucking Padme. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, enjoying it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, because of that, I think about quitting every day. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but you can't. And she's like, no, I got to go my own way. In her own way... Like, you know, here she is now, but, but again, she was fully trained when she left the Jedi Order. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Which leads to, like, this great line later on in Rebels where she's facing Vader. And, you know, Vader's like, you know, I, I killed Anakin Skywalker. He's dead. And she's like, well, I will avenge my master. And Vader's like, revenge is not the Jedi way. And she placed up her lightsaber and goes, I'm the Jedi. Nice. And you're like, shit. Mm. That's a hit. For that battle, they, they got the fucking uh, Duel of the Fates going and everything. You're just like, oh my god, this is amazing. It's a fucking cartoon. Yeah, yeah. This is the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, I'm, I'm getting chilled right now thinking about that fight. <laughs> mm. So I want, are they going to do an Ahsoka series? Yeah. Do you like her as Ahsoka? I do, yeah. I, I like it's that, that thing of like, I, I got watching that episode of The Mandalorian with with Rosario Dawson. Mm. I got over the voice because the her voice is like, you know her voice. Yeah, I know her voice in the cartoon series, and you know Rosario Dawson doesn't match that. And I got over it quickly because it's very clear that Rosario Dawson watched those cartoons and worked very hard to get the little mannerisms of Ahsoka Tano down. Mm-hmm. Like crossing her arms and that little smile that she gives and like there's all these little mannerisms like you know there's a way that she stands like every little thing that and it's weird because like, you're thinking to yourself like how, how detailed could this be as a fucking cartoon but it was detailed. She had like there's a reason that character is so beloved. Right. And the detail that was put into that character, Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson has found a way to make it translate to real life. Mm-hmm. And I can't thank her enough for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's a dream come true to me. Like, to like see this character that, like... <laughs> I'll never forget when we went... They released a Clone Wars cartoon movie. And me and Nancy went to go see it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, Nancy was like, I really like Ahsoka Tano. She, she's fun. 
and and she's got quips and she's got sass. I'm like, and my reply was, yeah, I can't wait to see how she dies in Order sixty six. Yeah, like I couldn't stand her. Like I thought that the last thing fucking Anakin needs is a scrappy do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and she wasn't that. And like as the cartoon went on. That character became so in depth and so believable, and and so intriguing and developed and interesting. Like you were like, when it came time for Order sixty six, I was like, she can't die, right? Right. You know, this can't happen. You yeah, know, yeah. and like, like oh, like it, it was like, you, when you knew she survived it, and then you see how she survived it. Like, like there's so much. It's, like, her story is, like, so heart-wrenching at times mm. because of, like, what the fuck she's been through, you know? Right. And you're just like, oh, man. Like, you know. It's pretty neat, though, that she was the closest thing to Vader. Yeah. I mean, in essence. Next to, next to Obi-Wan. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, she's the next in line, really. Yeah. Closest to Vader. Yeah. Aside, I mean, aside from Palpatine. But yeah. But like, like, like Anakin, like, like Vader was like, you know, yeah, the apprentice lives, and Palpatine's like, well, can you can you handle this? Like, I'll take her fuck out. Yeah, you know, and like when it comes down to it, he tried to, <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, join us or die, and she's like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself, you know. Yeah, I ain't making that mistake. I see what you've become. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, it's it's. It's amazing to watch, like, her story. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's a weird thing to say because it's like, you know, you, like, you think to yourself, like, it's just a fucking cartoon, but it's so well done. Yeah. Like, both Clone Wars and Rebels is so well done. And her story is so well done. Like, I can't wait to see what the live action series is going to be. Yeah. Because I, I want to see what her character does next. That that's the fast. That's the great thing about a great character. It's like I want to see what happens next. Like with the Mandalorian, I want to see what happens next with that him and, and Grogu. Like what what's next for them? Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing with Ahsoka. Like I I, I can't wait to see what this what what is this series going to be? Yeah. Where where is she going with it? Like and is it going where like like when she invoked the name in, in that episode of, of um. Um, oh God, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Thrawn? Yeah, Thrawn. When she's like, you know, where's your master? Where's Thrawn? Like, I was like, oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, like, the, even that, like, shit like that is just like, it's why, like, it's why I'm so happy Dave Filoni's like, so big a part of this, because it's like, shit like this couldn't happen without him. Right. And it's like, him and Favreau, like, that. God bless them both. <laughs> I mean that. Let's pray right now for them. <laughs> you know, like, because it's shit like a, it, it's shit like that moment between Anakin, uh, Luke and Ahsoka. Which I guess you're so much like your father. Yeah, like, eh, that's a good and a bad thing, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But like, it, like that moment, like I w- the only thing I wish I would have seen. And I've seen it like as a cartoon, like a a, a, a comic, where Ahsoka is like, "Why well, I, I like she's meeting Luke for the first time, and she's like, well, I knew your father.'" 
And Luke tells her, well, at the end, you know, he found the light again. And she breaks down and cries. Yeah. Because the heart, because she blames herself for Anakin turning. Okay. She bl- if she was there, instead of being on Mandalore, trying to bring Maul in, if she had been there with Anakin, she feels she could have prevented him from turning to the dark side. But she left him. She left the Jedi Order and she left him. And that's something that she blames herself for. And so for her to like break down like that and like because Anakin found the light at the end uh-huh. means so much. So like to have seen that in like real life, to have seen that moment play out would have been amazing mm-hmm. to me. Like I, the, car, the the comic is nice, <laughs> but it's not canon. But I would just like to see like how she would have re- actually reacted to like Luke telling her like Anakin found the light at the end. Mm. You know, because because of the blame, the weight that she carries, that that was her fault. Yeah. If she had been there, she could have prevented it from happening. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think she could have prevented it from happening. Do you? I, I don't think so either. I think that was destined. But I, I, I also, but like, there's a part of me that's like, if it had been her holding that lightsaber to Palpatine's throat and not um, Sam, Sam Jackson. You think she would have done it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think there would have been any hesitation. I think she would have told Anakin, like, th- th- this is the right thing to do and you know it. Yeah. He's too powerful. We have to take him out. Yeah. But because of the, the, the corruption that he felt the, the, the council had, that Sam Jackson saying that to him didn't carry the weight that it would have coming from somebody like Obi-Wan or her. Right, right. Those were the two people he trusted most yeah. at that moment. And, but, you know, he, he felt the corruption ran too deep. And, you know, no, we, you know, this, that's assassination. But I think if they come from, from Ahsoka, like, I, I think he still would have gone down a darker path. Yeah. But I don't think he would have become Vader. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it would have been something where, like... Christopher Lee level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> With the bent sabers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love I love shit like I love little details like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like her her lightsabers, like one's long and one's short. Yeah, yeah. You know the blades match like one you know, the one the long one and the short one because I mean, it's like uh, broadsword and. Yeah, like a broadsword and a, 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 not a katana. Um, Short sword? Yeah. But like, but that would be like how, uh, like you would realistically fight. Like you wouldn't have two lightsabers of the same length. Right, right. You would have one long, one short for that style of fighting. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, that's like so amazing. Like, that's what I always liked about Harry Potter too, on how each one of them held their wands differently. Yeah. That's just a little, each one of them held their wands completely different. Oh, I, I mean, I love the way Voldemort held that wand, yeah. like. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wicked. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I did. Yeah, that that, yeah. that hand, overhand, like with the like. Yeah, I yeah. almost like Obi Wan with a lightsaber. Correct. You know, like yeah, like it was like such a badass look. Like you're right. Like it was shit like that. Like little things like like how somebody held their their wand. Yeah. Is like because uh, what's his name? Uh, Dumbledore held his wand like this. Yeah. Like he had. Like yeah. A, 
He did like a wrist he, twirl with his when he did stuff. But who? But then Snape held his kind of like with like just a couple of fingers. Yeah, and he did the same type of swirl. Yeah, like he. Yeah, it was very interesting. Like it was a very delicate hold. Yeah, yeah. Like with his, like it was very in a very interesting hold. Yeah, of, it's of how, it's weird if you look yeah. at all of them how they all hold their wands. They, yeah, each one holds it their own way. Yeah, which I find very interesting. Yeah, that's very nerdy. I know. <laughs> that is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I know. I get. But it's true. I'm yeah. Sorry, but each one of them, even, even Bellatrix, holds her one. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like it's. I don't know. It's just kind of like uh, the way they hold it is the how their personality is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if the fucking that's fucking nerdy. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good shit right there. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, it's true. Yeah. Um, oh, I would love to see Darth Maul again. <laughs> In any kind of form. <laughs> well, I mean, watch the cartoons because you get a lot of them. I know. Just. It's such a waste. That wasn't a waste. That battle was good. It is, but like at the same time, it's a waste because it's like, but it's like Lucas understood the mistake that he made. Yeah. Because like the Clone Wars, like people forget, like the majority of the Clone Wars, like George Lucas was involved with, like you know, from a storytelling standpoint. Mm-hmm. So the decision to bring back Maul was his. Yeah. And it's like Luke, George like realized like yeah I, I kind of fucked up with that one. That's that's my bad. So this is how I'm gonna make make it good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it kind of fucks you over because you think to yourself, like, what kind of stories could you have gotten in the movies if Maul had been the villain for all three? He probably should have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you already had, you already created the, what am I trying to say? The catalyst for the next three by killing Qui-Gon. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Similar to the first, where Vader kills Obi-Wan. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, you know, well, here's the thing. Like, and I, I've heard Dave Filoni talk about this because he's, like, talked to George about it. Uh-huh. And he's like, that battle's called Duel of the Fates for a reason. Because the fate that hangs in the balance is Anakin's. Yeah. You know, if, if Maul wins, you know, who knows what happens to Anakin? He, you know... But if Qui-Gon wins that fight, you know, he has a completely different upbringing in the Force. Because Qui-Gon has a different way of looking at things. If he, would have, he wouldn't have been a brother. He would have been a father figure to Anakin. Right. Which was what Anakin needed. Right. And, he, you know, Anakin would have had a different sense of the Force from Qui-Gon than he did from Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan bought more into what the council was teaching than he did with what Qui-Gon was teaching. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the day, the death of Qui-Gon decides the fate of Anakin. Right. Because now he's being taught by Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan didn't want to teach him in the first place. Right. He just took it on because Qui-Gon asked him to. Yeah. And he treats him more like a brother than he does like a, a son, which is what not what Anakin needed. And so at the end of the day, like, did Anakin and Obi-Wan love each other? Yes, but they love each other like brothers and and best friends. And 
Anakin needed something different, which is what Qui-Gon would have given him. And so Qui-Gon losing that fight sets everything in motion for the next six movies. Right, right. You know, because of his failure to beat Maul. Right. And that's like, oh shit, that's deep. <laughs> right. Like, it makes you revisit that that fight and, like, understand the true weight of it. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because, like, you realize that, like, the second you see in Clone Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan in that elevator going up to visit Padme. Uh-huh. And they're, like, joking around with each other. Like, like, like they were brothers. Because Obi-Wan was probably too young to fucking take him on. Right. And Anakin was too old to be taken on by somebody that young who had, and Anakin had zero training. Yeah. You know, so they were brothers and you could tell that. Yeah. You know, in that you thought to yourself, well, that's endearing. It makes like this, what's to come even more heartbreaking. But the reality is that's not what Anakin needed. Right. He needed Qui-Gon. And if Qui-Gon wins that fight, there is no Anakin turning to the dark side. It probably changes the, the, the direction of the Jedi Council, and it changes what Palpatine's plans. Right, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Why gone, loser? Well, I mean, but he, but he, he becomes in many ways, oddly, probably the most important character in the entire first six movies. Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's the renegade Jedi. Who, like, you know, Obi-Wan's like, if you would just listen to what the fuck they're saying, you could be on the council. He's like, no, no, no they're wrong. Like, the, the, the Jedi Order would have been completely different. Right, right. You know, but only Qui-Gon saw that like, they were blind to their own weaknesses. Right. And they wouldn't listen to him because he was the only one saying it. And then even his bad one was disagreeing with him. Right. Like, how are you right and everybody else is wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know? How, Yoda. Samuel fucking Jackson. You know, <laughs> all these guys. <laughs> right. But you're, you're right. The blue dude. Yeah. Come on. Yaddle. <laughs> Yaddle. Yaddle. Yeah, yeah. Now I get it. So. Yeah, it's funny. Um. You know, it's funny, you know, they go through that whole thing and, you know, they get to the, these new movies and Yoda shows up and he's like, man, eh, fuck the books. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the past and that was wrong. But I think the part of that, though, is Yoda... Yoda understanding, boy, were we wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Like, th- th- this dogma that we lived by. Right. Wasn't right. Right. You know, and because of that, a lot of people suffered for a long fucking time. You know. Right. Like, if we if we had listened to Qui-Gon, <laughs> you know. Exactly. You know. <laughs> hey, Luke, let me tell you this story about this one Jedi. Yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> You've probably seen him in Taken. <laughs> right. Let Anakin fly a ship for Christ's sakes. Yeah. Just let him go. Yeah. Give him an X-Wing. Let him fucking take take it around the block. Yeah. Let him shoot, 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 shoot some shit. Yeah. 
Get him involved. <laughs> Keep him out of trouble. Yeah. Nah. Nope. Uh, Make sure he goes to the sand people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He... Maybe we should let him visit his mother more often. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? I never understood that. I, I just, I couldn't. I, That's the Jedi way. You sever your connections. So but like, t- terrible. Yeah. So, I mean, looking back at it. Yeah. God, was it horrible. And Luke was our, you know, he was actually in the perfect place. He didn't have any parents. He had an uncle and aunt, which were killed. Right. So he was a loner. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's, no, it's, it's very interesting that Luke never turned. Well... If you had... I mean, there were all the fucking pieces in place for that boy to turn. Right. And, but, like, it's this oddball <laughs> thing, though. Of, because she had parental figures. Yeah. Well, she did lose... They did lose... Yeah, she lost the awesome entire planet. All her. Yeah. Anyway. But, like, it also becomes that thing, though, of, like... Like, how, how, did he sever his connections with Leia and Han? Like, at that point, like, when we see him in, in episode six of the Book of Boba Fett, what's his relationship with Luke and Leia, or at Han that, and Leia? At that point. At that point. Like, is he like, yeah, I, I, I you know, I gotta go do my thing, and uh, don't bother me. Yeah. Because according to this book I just read, right. it was written, like, 10,000 years ago, um, yeah, connections are bad. Yeah, exactly. And then what did he do? Like, on the birth of their son, go, okay, uh, you want me to take him? Yeah. I'll, I'll fucking, I got milk where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> yeah, we got These it. fucking milk herders or whatever down here. And, you know, yeah. they, he can suck right from the teat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did he just come get the child and say, hey, I'm going to raise him? It's not like, you know, I mean, you got to think. I mean, like. Did he just send R2 to an X-Wing? Right. Like, you know, R2's like, you know, okay, we'll take the kid now. Yeah. We're taking him to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, it's not even that. I mean, like, like the younglings were young. You, younglings. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, they were separated early. Yeah. There yeah. was no connection. Right. right? And, like, but, uh, here's so the thing. Did like, he raise Ben? I mean, like, that's where it kind of gets kind of fuzzy. Because from my memory, his memory serves... The younglings were like, you know, yeah. that's what so, they did. Yeah, so when, when, when did Luke come? It's not like, like they went to school and went home. But, like, Leia makes it clear that she made a decision to let Luke teach him. Yeah, but what age? Yeah, what age did that happen? Was so, it like, five? Is Luke really father figure versus Han? Yeah. I mean, at that age, if he didn't have any connection to his parents, but then you see all this stuff, you know... Luke and Leia, I mean, Han and Leia reminiscing about their son, Ben. So that tells me that he they did visit. Yeah. Was it, was he 10 when they... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, But that, if he was 10, that was too old. Yeah. I mean... Like, it's like a weird thing of like, you know, when did that happen? Yeah. Because, he, I mean, it's clear that, you know, Ben's got daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, did they split because they lost their child to Luke? We're snug. Part of it? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Like, when they got word, like, you know, yeah, shit went down and Ben burned down the, the Jedi Academy. Um, and Luke's like, yeah, peace, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, sorry about your kid. I, 
I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it was a real fuck up. If only Groku were here. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get into details of it, but I may have tried to murder your child, and uh, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll leave some details with R two and the rest with an old man on a. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm a fucking sketchy uncle. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a little sus. <laughs> I've got some issues I gotta work out. I want to do it on an unknown planet that you people can't find. I just fucking want that green milk. Yeah, yeah. I've been just craving it. So, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. Like, you know. But like, it's that oddball thing of like, again, like you know, if Luke had like only like, I mean, later on he's like, yeah, the Jedi Order was so fucked up. Yeah. And let me tell you from experience how fucked up they were, but. They were so fucked up, you know. Yeah, and but like <clears throat> during this whole time, right? Why didn't the ghosts come to him and, and like mentor a little bit and say, you know, it just didn't work out this way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there was none of that going on. I know we're going down holes yeah. in stories, but I mean, like, yeah, like, why did it take Yoda so long to get? Eh, fuck the books. Yeah, I'm gonna burn down the whole fucker. With yeah. this bolt of lightning. Kind of Sithish. But yeah. when I'm. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, why, uh, why, you know, we're just going to let you find out on your own. We knew this was going to happen with your, yeah. with your, with your nephew. Yeah, we knew you were going to fuck up. Yeah. We thought we'd let you do it. Yeah. We uh, haven't learned from our mistakes. Even as ghosts. Yeah, even as forest ghosts. We're like, you know. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, so the Force is this living thing, but, you know, we're not going to utilize it to help you out. Most all of your deaths were because of Jedi fuck-ups. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. And we're not going to tell you either because we want you to become a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're not allowed to come out until somebody else makes a mistake. And then you can come out yeah. and try to teach them. It's just kind of weird. It is. No, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, like, even Obi Wan doesn't show up as a for like you know. Hey, he kind of like like hey yeah, go to Dagobah. <laughs> I know you think you're hallucinating, but trust me, go to Dagobah. Yeah, at points of death that comes Obi Wan. Yeah, and then like oh, you think you're dying. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> later on, you know, as Luke's like getting ready to leave, as Luke's are getting ready to fuck up, it was like um, uh, you know, hey uh. You really shouldn't do this. And I can't help you if you do. You yeah. Know, you are on your fucking own. Yeah. You know, it looks like, well, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know, maybe if somebody would be like, oh, by the way, um, Vader's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Let's let's try some honesty. Yeah. You know? Yeah, You've you, lied to this kid for years. Yeah. Remember that shit I told you back in my hut yeah. on Tatooine about, yeah. you know, yeah, um, <laughs> I was so full of shit. Yes, I mean, like, like when did lying and deceit become part of the Jedi? Yeah. That's not the Jedi way. Well, you know, it's true from a certain point of view. I, I don't know what point of view it is, Ben, but, uh, you know. Yeah, well, it's sort of like that white lie, right? Yeah. Like, I get you. Yeah, you can say, like, because Anakin kind of says it. You know, Vader says, yeah, I killed Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker's dead. So, well, if Vader can say that, well, so can I. Yeah. He says it pisses himself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I can see where, like, you know, 
Kenobi's like, yeah, well, that's the propaganda that they're selling. I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Rips a fart out of the brown robe. Yeah. <laughs> Banthus. <laughs> Banthus. I, yeah, I just, it just seems like, you know, somebody was said, you know, after all these movies, you know, hey, let's try playing this game this way. Yeah. You know? Let's let Luke suffer for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Living in isolation. Oh, he was with, a fucking like, crazy man. With like force nuns. Yeah. <laughs> you know. He was he was a crazy man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. And that was proof by him drinking that milk. Yeah. He Straight looked, from the teat. He looked He looked like Nick Nolte. <laughs> yeah. From fucking down and out in Beverly Hills. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. He looked just like him. Yeah. Dripping. Yeah. I mean, so you're going to let this guy suffer for this long with guilt and everything else, right? Yeah. Why? Why not counsel him? Yeah. You know what I mean? You've figured, you've all figured out how to become, come back as ghosts. Yeah. Why wouldn't you counsel him in his time of need? No, they turned their back on him. Yeah, well, we're gonna, you figure it out. Yeah, you fucking work it out, pal. Yeah. We're all dead. Yeah. Your turn. I that's how I feel. I just I yeah. feel like in a sense, I feel like that it's all bullshit. So I mean like when you get to these force sensitive people, it makes more sense because they're more true to their feelings. Yeah. These people were not true to their feelings. They couldn't love. Yeah. Right? They had no sense of family. Really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They had to let everything go. They become like these excellent fighter monks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. It didn't. It just... I like the mythology of it. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it brought their whole order down. Yeah. With Vader. Yeah. Oh, Palpatine. Yeah. And they created the Sith. Did the Sith? Well, the Sith existed well before that. What I'm saying is, that did the Sith... No, I, I know that. Right. They were the anti, right? Yeah. So they were just fucking everything in the universe, or... <laughs> I'm just well, curious. Like, I what mean, was their religious path? Well, like, Not I, I, religious path. Right. What but was it's, a, it's an oddball thing of like... Vader, at gets, one, a, Vader at, gets a whores up there. At what point did the rule of two come into play? Yeah. Because that was the thing. There's always two. A master and an apprentice. There's never more than that. Mm-hmm. Like the Jedi were ma- like this massive army, but the Sith were only two and wreaking havoc. So like, when did the rule of two come into play? And like... Like in the cartoons, like... Like they have dark-sided depths. Right. Like, you know... Like they, they have these like hunters, these Jedi hunters who are, who like they use the dark side. They're using badass lightsabers and like on a, like a, a swivel and shit. Like you know, and like all sorts of crazy shit that those guys are doing. But like they're not Sith. They're like adepts. You okay. know, and like so like what? When does the line get crossed? You know, and was like it Grievous they, like that? Well, no, Grievous wasn't, didn't have any force ability. 
Oh, he could just use the sabers. Yeah. Yeah, because he was a robot. He was just able to use the sabers. I thought he was aware, though. He is. I mean, he he, like, he, he was a cyborg. Yeah. Okay. But he didn't have any force ability. Okay. He, he was just taught to fight. That was his thing. Um, but, like, like when in, like, the, the history of, like, the Sith did, like, the rule of two come into play? Like, at what point, like, was there, like, an army of Sith with, with like, one leader? Or, like, factions of Sith? Right, right. You know, with multiple leaders. And that's where the rule of two came into play because these factions were, you know, war with each other instead of, like, you know, hey, you know, we need to take the fucking take out the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, like, there's a lot of interesting, like, shit that, like, you know, the history of the, the Star Wars galaxy has that, you know, hopefully someday it all gets un, unfurled. <laughs> you know, but it's, like, this oddball thing of, like, you know, like, the history of the Sith, like, there's only two. Like, why the fuck is that? Well, you know. Turns out it's a matter of trust. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this up. All right. Um, I do want to acknowledge, Superfan Thad sent in an email. He sends in an email every week still, but we just don't read it because it usually has nothing to do with the show. And, um, again, this one pretty much didn't, but he was upset because, you know, we have been reading um, Lex... A.K.A. Cheeto, his emails that he has sent in. And I, my reply to you, Thad, is simply this. The reason we read his emails is because they are actually have something to do with the shows that we've done and not just a bunch of dick and fart jokes. Okay. So there you go. If you'd like to send us an email that pertains to what we've talked about today, unlike Superfan Thad, you can send us that email at pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. We're very, very easy to find. Um, we are a member of a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bomb Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Pod Breed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search and you'll find all the other great po- uh, podcasts they have to offer. And as always, we want to thank you, dear listener, for checking us out each and every week. Can't thank you enough for your time and or patience. Yeah. So on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.